Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to this week's episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But unlike Chelsea, we didn't get this far by the skin of our teeth. We didn't get no lucky win. We just had a nice little American touch. Shout out to DeAndre Edlin. Yeah. You were sick. I'm sorry. Maybe we aren't so different after all, Sam. I mean, what, what do you think? Who's we aren't so different? I mean, the luck of the Chels and the luck of the pod, if well, you will. I mean, the success of our podcast completely correlates with the success of Chelsea. So <laughs> it's 100% correlation. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it. Zach, I mean, we started off the season perfect. We're top three right now in the league. We're above Manchester City somehow. Uh, United, yeah, above United. Uh, so, uh, we're 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 below Tottenham. But we won't say we won't mention that. Um, but this is this has been an amazing start to the season. I'm so I'm so satisfied with the way the team has been playing. Even though this past weekend it was a a rough rough ninety minutes to get through. Um, I mean that's just what happens every time we we visit Newcastle. So uh, yeah. But uh, let's go. Let's get into this match. Uh, so I'll go through the lineup real quick. Uh, Keppa in goal, and then the back line with Dave, Rudy, David Luis, and Marco Alonso. Then we had a midfield of Kovacic, Jorginho, and Golo Conte, which is amazing, and a front three of Eden Hazard, Morata, and Pedro, which is uh, Eden Hazard's first game in our starting eleven this season, and um, he was impressive, but. Our team overall was just incredibly impressive. 81% possession, 92% pass success rate, 15 shots, only three on target, but 15 shots, 942 total passes, including 33 long balls. Uh, that's from uh, whoscored.com. And uh, 18 total tackles as a team. Zach, 18, that's <laughs> one tackle less than Newcastle's total possession pres- uh, percentage <laughs> and i mean 18 tackles you know as a team with 81 percent possession that's just you know i mean when you look at these stats zach and just the overall result of the match you know just finishing 2-1 with a last second own goal um or 80 86 minute own goal why do you think chelsea struggled to break through uh newcastle i mean they were i, I haven't seen a team set up that deep in a very long time. I I know I know that we've had teams come to Sanford Bridge recently and and kind of buckle down and, and 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 you know usually they put two blocks of four and uh and and just completely lock the game down. But teams usually have a go at us at some point, and Newcastle never really seemed to do that consistently um, in the game. I mean they would have an attack here and there, but. It was mostly half chances, and I actually think their best chance of the game was the goal that they scored. And mm-hmm. and and if you give they also Johnson had a, they also had a header that went wide, just wide, uh, in yeah. the first half. But that was it, pretty much. But I mean, it, 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 like if you take Jocelyn's goal for example, I mean nine times out of ten he doesn't score that because yeah. it was just a ridiculous header. And also nine times out of ten, uh, the center back doesn't stand on his heels and watch as he he gets scored on, like yeah, David but... Luiz. Yeah, I plan on ranting about uh, David <laughs> Luiz's lethargic feet oh, uh, a little later on in the hey, pod. But, you know, fun fact, we have this player named Andreas Christensen. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty oh. good. Uh, he can play soccer uh, pretty well. He can play he can soccer. Play, he can play the footy ball. Yeah. Uh, just FYI, sorry. I don't know if you knew that. Um, no, no. I, I, I've, I've been the one calling for Christensen for a really long time. Um. I think it, I was thinking about it while I was actually rewatching the game today and you know like midway through the first half D- David Luiz's distribution in the game was was awesome throughout I mean connecting passes keeping the flow of play going but that's basically all he's in there for I mean he's not in there for his defense is he um every single And time and couldn't you say like Christensen is just as good of a distributor well, well, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think Christensen is just as good as a distributor. But the one thing Christian doesn't have in his arsenal yet, or the one thing that we haven't seen yet, is his long ball. Um, we know he could play those short passes. We know he's calm on the ball and he has a good first touch. But 
David Luiz has that ability to ping a 40 or 50 yard pass diagonally and 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 just completely shift the point of attack. And I'd like to see I mean, Rudiger develop that because I've seen him try that a bunch of times. But I think Rudiger has it in him. Rudiger's yeah. done it a few times already, but he's just not as good as David Luiz. David no, Luiz, no, no, no. David Luiz has a technical ability of a midfielder, and Rudiger has a technical ability of a really good center back. I think that's the difference, and and, and I think Christensen has a similar. Um, has a similar attribute to David Luiz in the sense that you know he has a first touch as, of a midfielder as well, but we just haven't seen him play that long ball over the top yet. So I think maybe that's something that Sari could see on the training ground. Um, but but we know that David Luiz would have been the smarter choice from the get go, and Sari's proving it because you know based on David Luiz's playing style, he will have to do less to his natural game to uh, fit this system. Yeah, I mean, I I just I'm waiting to see Christensen and Rudiger alongside each other. Um, I mean, I, th- I thought Rudiger played one of his best games in he a keeps, Chelsea jersey. He keeps getting better and better, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, I keep on seeing things that in the past uh, I would get <laughs> like anytime he gets close to the ball, I kind of cringe a little bit. It's like, oh no, I have to look away. But now this that's happening a lot less less often. I mean, less often less often this season. I mean the the crazy thing is I know I know a lot of our fans are match goers but I, when I saw him last year when we played Tottenham at home um even though we lost that game one of the highlights for me was just seeing Rudiger be this absolute brute and uh I think it was um I think it was Kieran Trippier where Rudiger threw in this just really vicious lunging tackle on the sideline got all ball but I've just I've never seen somebody. He's he's almost like everything we wanted Kurt Zuma to be, isn't he? It, uh-huh. it, it, it's, it's actually it's actually interesting. You know, he's that he's a he's he's a tall, athletic, very very fast center back um, with all the phys- physical attributes. But he also he, he reads the game a lot better than than Zuma does. I think with no question. Man, don't but, don't give up on Kurt so fast. No, man. no, no, no. I'm not giving <laughs> up on him. I'm just saying it, it just seems like Rudiger is the player that we expected Zuma to be by now. Yeah. And I know the knee injury put Zuma off because prior to the knee injury, I mean, he was arguably our best player in that season. So. Um, yeah, and, I, and Rudiger almost had just an amazing screamer at this game. I hit just I'm hit pretty, the pose. It hit the I'm crossbar. I'm pretty sure Rudiger also had a similar knee injury. I don't know if Rudiger's oh, was eight. He someone did. Correct, he did and, and when he was with Rome. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think Rudiger's is an ACL, but um, yeah. anyways, I'll confirm uh, it, that. just a, just a couple thoughts. Hashtag uh, free Christensen. Hashtag free Christensen. So let's talk a little bit about our midfield three. Um, let's talk about N'Golo Conte first and his new role. Uh, I don't think he's still not fully adapted to his new role. Um, he took too long on the ball at times. Um, he's, you know, hesitant with his dribble, clearly still adapting to this new style and this new role that he's being put into. Um, I mean, he did, he, he did much better this match than he did in the previous two matches with, um, pressing and winning possession back. Um, Zach, you think Conte can make this new role his own? I'm I, I'm not worried at all. This is this is the probably one of this is the least of my concerns. And I know I know when you watch punditry on TV or you listen to other podcasts, a lot of people <laughs> are talking about this Conte's new role and can he do it? Listen, N'Golo Conte is world class, and players with that kind of ability and that kind of skill and that kind of willingness to work for the team. Um, it's just a matter of time before he adapts to that system. Players like that could adapt to any system at any given time. Um, I think it's obviously it's a little bit higher up the pitch than N'Golo Conte's used to. So, you know, at times we do see him uh, pick up his head with the ball at his feet, not really sure what to do with it because he finds himself in these advanced positions. Um, but the, 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 a lot of people talking about Oh well, he's not really a goal-scoring midfielder. He, you know, he, he can't really attack as well as he could defend. When when Leicester bought in, brought in N'Golo Conte, they brought him in as a winger. So naturally, N'Golo Conte was a winger. And someone please try to argue with me on that because the man's about what five six, one hundred forty pounds. <laughs> yeah, he should be a winger, right? <laughs> realistically. Be a winger. Um, so, but he's still so he's I, too good to be a winger. But, but, 
but here's the thing. I mean, he, he he's agile. He's quick. He's he's very comfortable on the ball when he knows what to do with it, and that's the key. He has to know what to do with it. Um, but you know, it, it, this, this is this is a role he's going to adapt to. It's that simple. I, I'm not concerned whatsoever. I think Angola Conte is going to come good. I think he's going to bang in a lot of goals this season. He's going to create a lot of chances. He's going to cause a lot of teams a lot of havoc. And for for all those nappy shooters that were talking about his performance today. Here's a little, uh, a couple facts for you. He was 74 for 80 on his passing today. That's 93%. He had five tackles and three clearances. And uh, the Twitter warriors that are talking about N'Golo Conte giving up the ball away and, and, and cheaply giving up possession, he was only dispossessed once today. Well, yeah, what were so, they watching? I mean, here's the thing. It's the people... Uh, the problem with Chelsea fans now, especially like at this specific generation and this specific point of time where, you know, we're embarking on this new playing style and players are adapting. We're seeing a lot of new faces um, and a lot of new and a lot of new faces and new positions. Um, it takes time to adapt to systems like this. I mean, you don't go from playing basically a match like you did last year at Man City where we sat behind the ball for 90 minutes similar to what Newcastle did and fire that coach, hire a new one and turn into fucking Barcelona yeah. next year. That, <laughs> that doesn't happen. And 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 going from not just one pragmatic coach, but a lineage of pragmatic coaches that that were at the club before him. It was it was almost the culture. I mean, think about it. When you think defensive solidity in the premier league era what teams do you think of i mean you think of those chelsea teams and that's what we built our legacy on that's how we won every single trophy that's in our cabinet by being solid at the back first and having one or two special players up top or in the midfield i mean that's always how we've done it so this is nothing new um uh in terms of how we used to win so now we're trying to learn a new way to win i just think fans need to temper their expectations even sorry said he's going to make mistakes players are going to make mistakes players are going to look out of sorts um and, and you know eventually eventually we'll come good and, I, and i'm i'm positive about that but temper your expectations so i want to get into the next midfielder um who's quietly become well, I guess not quietly because I've been talking about it since last week. My favorite player on Chelsea, Kovacic, he he is just such a good-looking guy, man. I mean, I can't get over it. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say he's really good at keeping possession. That's <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was a Freudian slip, I guess. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Wow. But uh, his interplay with Hazard and Jorginho is just oh my god! It's just something. It's it's special, man. Ninety six out of one hundred and four passes, ninety two percent completion rate, three key passes. Um, is it? You have anything to add on Kovacic, or did I, you know, kiss his ass um, enough? I mean, we only really saw him twice. This was his first start. I mean, he. I'm there, sold. There were, I don't care, dude. I mean, there, there were times where tactically it looked like he still had a lot to work on. Um, and, 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 you know, there were times where when he was playing off the ball, he was filling in someone else's, uh, passing lane. So, you know, it's, there's things to work on, but, um, I mean, we, we have a potentially world-class midfield player, um, on our hands here. And, you know, once, once that part, I mean, the partnership looks good, as you said already. I mean, it looks fantastic. All three of our midfielders. I think actually I'm pretty sure everyone on the field had a 90 percent 90 plus percent pass success rate besides Murata because they were passing the ball side to side but I mean you said it the interplay with with Jorginho and 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 with Hazard is it's ridiculous and and you could tell that all three of those guys are are just pure footballers who are absolutely elite at what they do um you know all working together so it's it's something to look forward to, definitely. I, I still think we need to see more of him. Um, I haven't really seen him be aggressive in terms of going to goal. Um, he seems more of a provider like Hazard, and i just like to see maybe one or two more ruthless players get into the side. Um, and I think Sari does too. I think that's a big reason why he uh, opted to go for Pedro over William. Obviously, Pedro is in goal-scoring form, but um, you know he, he, he's a more aggressive player. Sari likes to have that type of balance, so... 
Um, yeah, no, no, I, I like the look of him a lot, but man, I'm loving the look of Jorginho, man. It's the more the more I watch him play, just the more lucky I feel. I feel like we're not worthy. Oh, sorry, I zoned out. I was going through Kovacic's uh, Google Images page. Uh, <laughs> were, were, you, were you saying something? Uh... <laughs> Oh, oh, Georgie, yeah. oh, Jorginho. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. yeah, we, we can talk about Jorginho now. Um, I mean, I feel like there's not much more I need to add from um, what we talked about. It's more of the same. Um, just his passing is spectacular. Um, 158 passes completed compared to top. I mean, <laughs> Newcastle as a whole. I just, I just want to point out. Um... I was right with my bold prediction, so I'm going to rub it in everyone's faces right now, whoever's listening. What was your bold prediction again? I said Jorginho would have his first 100-pass game. Oh, okay. And then... I should have said 150. 158 passes compared to (laughs) Newcastle's 131. If my math is correct, Zach, that's 27 more passes than the whole entire other squad. Uh, That's that's just nutty it's just nutty um but obviously that has to do a lot with uh you know the 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 castle set up yeah and a lot of the you know sideways back and forth passing but uh, hey you know a little bit of stat padding didn't hurt anyone um three tackles two interceptions pretty much just bossed the midfield um he's been spectacular in a spectacular addition um you know the way he keeps the momentum of all of our attacks going uh, is he's just so special on both sides of of the pitch? I feel. Um, what's your take well, on like, his impact? Well, well, the nice thing with Jorginho and, and and the reason why I love him is because he just doesn't pass. I mean, I know the passing stats sound nice, and I know that's uh, <laughs> we're we're not kidding ourselves. I mean, th- that's his best attribute. Um, but you know, you you meant to say he doesn't just pass, not he, he just. Doesn't. No, 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 no. Not he just doesn't pass. <laughs> That's completely oh, different. <laughs> cool. He doesn't just pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just doesn't I mean, pass the ball, man. I mean, he, he gets the ball at his feet. He just doesn't pass it. One hundred and fifty, one hundred fifty-eight. Come on, man, pass the ball. Um, but going back to what I said before, I lose my train of thought. Um, he tackles as well. Um, you know, it, we had eighteen team tackles compared to Newcastle's nineteen percent. Right. Well. Three of those tackles were Jorginho's, and he had another five from N'Golo Conte. And I don't have the number for uh, Kovacic, um, but I mean that's a that's a lot of tackles in the midfield, um, especially against a team that only had 19%. So I noticed when we would turn over possession, we're not turning it over deep in our half anymore. Um, we're actually turning the ball. We're we're being really tidy with it at the back. But when we were losing the ball, we were losing the ball in. in are in the final third basically and Newcastle had no way of getting out um but even if they did even when they did try to advance the ball through the midfield I mean Kisung Young was just getting absolutely hammered by Conte and uh Jorginho because they were playing he was playing on that side and it was just we're swarming them and I think we're starting to get it defensively because we didn't really surrender that many chances this game besides you know Jocelyn's goal and uh maybe maybe a half chance here and there but um you know going back to my main point with Jorginho he does just that like like he could not only anchor the offense and and be that metronome but he could also be a he could also be a defensive anchor if we need him to be he's not the greatest he's a little lightweight um but he gets about the pitch and I think you know um again he's only three games into his Premier League career so give the the come back to me in in two or three months or by Christmas time and we'll talk about how much better he is at this so I, I'm excited, man, and mm-hmm. and and uh, it's it's. I'm just really curious because you know, going back to Conte's new role and how, you know, he's he's higher up the pitch, which makes sense because if we're gonna turn the ball over high up the pitch, you want N'Golo Conte closer to the ball so he could press faster. I mean, it's it, that's the common sense part. But I noticed in this game, sometimes Jorginho would would kind of venture forward a little bit and I when I mean when I say venture forward I mean it in a Jorginho kind of way where he only goes 15 or 20 yards higher than he normally does but Conte immediately drops drops in so I think against teams that are going to bunker down and be maybe a little bit more stubborn um, like a Newcastle that's an option 
because the further the further up the field we have Jorginho, I mean, the more he could help benefit the team because he's that type of player who could who could make an impact from deep or uh, or from playing up high, basically anywhere on the pitch. So that's just something to look for and see, you know, maybe how Jorginho and Golo Conte uh, kind of switch roles here and there um, throughout the course of the match. Yeah, I just want to emphasize something that you said earlier. I think the way um, Jorginho really dominated Song Yang was key to our success. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, everyone. Uh, uh, what, do you do? what do you do while I go on my rants? Are you just I, like... I, I don't listen to you. I, I completely tune you out and just think of my next joke. I had this you... one. I had this one planned out for like five minutes. For those of you that don't know, we record most of our episodes via Skype, so <laughs> I have no idea what this guy's doing on the other side of the mic. It kind of concerns me. You don't want to know. Um, whatever it is, it's probably a cry for help. We'll just leave it at that. Hey, it's working. We're getting we're we're getting a lot of listens this this uh, season. Uh, so let's let's. I just want to finish up this this match uh, review by talking about uh, the probably the most reactive. Uh, prone player as far as the fans like just after every match um Murata <laughs> because I feel like it's it's so hard for me to not watch his match and just completely react to it irrationally um I, I can't I can't give up on him Zach I refuse to do this every week or every other week or every two weeks whatever it may be you know where we see a string of hope and then followed up by a performance like this, where his body language is just so disappointing. Um, the droopy the, shoulders. Yeah, it's the droopy shoulders. Especially, I mean, I mean whenever he when he gets taken out early, and it's like, you know, very justified for him to be taken out early, and for him to have that kind of body language, uh, it's it's very discouraging. I, in front of the manager, as well, I don't want. I, I don't want. I don't want this to be a like topic of debate every two weeks. Uh, I'm getting topic sick of and discussion. tired of talking about Murata. I know, man. Completely honest, this because... dude's got to just get it together. Because I mean, we, we we gave him a pass on last season because he was going through a lot. This season, yeah. I'm going to be a lot less lenient on him because I mean, obviously, he's probably got stuff going on in his life other than soccer. But you can't if it's going to affect you this much. You know, like everyone's got shit going on in their lives. Like, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like he runs purely on confidence. And yeah. The yeah. thing that baffles me is he had a crucial goal in a London Derby match at home last weekend. If that doesn't give you confidence, then I don't know what will. And that's the concerning thing for me. Um, it just – it seems like – I mean there is a sense of him also being virtually useless against the more physical teams that are willing to kick the crap out of him like Newcastle. Um, but I, I don't know because I've always been high up on Murata and all – whoever has been listening to this podcast for longer than – I don't know, fucking three episodes. I probably mentioned this at least once every three episodes, but I still have hope in him. But my patience is just starting to run a bit low. Like, like when when he did get subbed off, I mean, you you said it. He he drooped his shoulders. He looked defeated. Poor body language. A clear lack of confidence in front of the manager, which is which is the part that drove me nuts. In front of his teammates and in front of the manager. Um, I just feel that they're. I, there has to be something brewing behind the scenes with him and Sari. Um, it might not be as volatile as you know we're used to Chelsea managers being towards players, but I think it might be something along the lines of Sari, you know, telling him, "I'm giving you this many more games, and you have to do this to prove your worth. Um, otherwise, I'm going to start looking at other options." And uh, I, I, I just think it's a real possibility that that's the case because. He's just not doing it for me right now, um, and, and and he hasn't been since he got here. I mean, it's already been a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look around the Premier League, look at look at other players that have been here a year and have already made incredible impacts. I mean, we talked at, about two guys that have been here for less than a year have made even way more of an impact than he has. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, watching the Manchester United game the other day, the first half, the second half of last season after Tottenham bought Lucas, he didn't look very good. Mm-hmm. He looked a little out of shape. He looked be- he looked a little slow. Um, he looked like he couldn't handle the physicality. Well, look what happens when he gets a full preseason. He gets fit. He gets used to the league. He's been here for six months. He understands the physicality. He lights up Man United at Old Trafford. I mean, it's this is it's the irritating part for me because I get caught in two minds. On one hand, I know that there's a player in there, um, and that you know maybe we should nurture it and 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 maybe and, and accept the fact that you know if we're gonna keep putting our faith in this guy, he he'll just be a late bloomer. But on the other hand, it's like if this guy really is a star and if this guy really is the real deal, he would have done it by now because normally it doesn't take this long if you are the real deal. Um, I know in a game like this he didn't get much service, but you know, these are the games where you're probably our most important position. You yeah. gotta cre- you have to create those angles in those tight spaces. You have to have the mindset – that you are only going to have maybe one or two chances to score and you have to put one of them in, you know, and, and he didn't do it. I mean, there was one play where William squared played the ball to him square to feet. I think it was right outside the six yard box and he had the heaviest touch on it. I mean, he, he, he panics in front of goal. It's almost, it, it, it's schoolboy. He had a nice save today. That, I mean, that he had a nice save during that game though. He blocked uh, Dave shot. Yeah. Dave shot looked like it was going in. That was going in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it was at least on frame, but so if striker doesn't work out, he can maybe and and if Keppa doesn't work out, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no Keppa's. Yeah, Kepa's we can't a, we we can't Kepa's have but we can't have our two biggest signings ever both be disappointments. Okay, only, no, 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 Kepa's only one. Keppa hasn't been disappointed. I'm not. I, oh, I don't. I'm just saying. In the future, who knows? He hasn't been stand I, out. What do you think if 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 you Sam if you're Maurizio sorry and you have to make a judgment call do you keep playing Murata through these next round of matches because we are playing um, opposition that's not going to be anywhere Dude, near the top of the table but it's I just mean, it it just like watching this match makes me just so much more mad that we loaned out Batshuai I mean I feel like wow. Did you just say that? <laughs> wow. I'm sur- I heard you were drinking water and I was afraid that you were going to spit it out. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm so wow. I'm so glad we got this on recording. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> wait, we have to destroy these tapes. Hold on. <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, it, it, we look like we were begging for a poacher, right? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm but, that but, is what I'm saying. Oh I no. Mean, do you still do you still play Murata or what? Do you go with Hazard at the nine? Do you play Giroud maybe? Maybe give Tammy a shot. No, I, I don't. I I think you you don't you don't play Hazard at the nine. I don't think it's I don't think it's right. I mean, you just watch the way he played this past match. He, he belongs on that left side. He just dominates teams um, when oh, yeah. when they don't when yeah. they aren't kicking the shit out of his shins and his. His calves and his ankles. Um, but but that's another player who you know, if you wanna if you really want to make Hazard happy and you want to make him sign another contract, maybe playing him as the number nine would be a good idea. Because look what look what Sari did with Mertens. He turned him into a twenty goal a season striker. And honestly, and Hazard, I mean Giroud not even on the same planet as him. Giroud can be a serviceable striker until Morata gets his head right. We need him to to get his head right ASAP because it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, why did we have to loan out Mishi? Come on, man! Like Morata, you're that bad that you're making me miss Mishi. Come on, like if that's not a sign, I don't know. I mean, I don't, if that's not motivation, I don't know what else is. All right, Zach. Um, anything you anything you wanted to add, or I think we we touched everything, huh? No, I think we touched on everything. I just want to say really quick that. Eden Hazard absolutely bossed this match, and whoever the ref was is a bitch because oh it took him God. so fucking long to get a grip on this. It on was the crazy. Game. I mean, I, I I remember specifically, and I remember the exact time. I think it was the 29th minute. Um, Hazard did an amazing move on t- outside the top of the box, and was it Matt Ritchie? When yeah, he just, just went studs up into his shin. Yeah, and to yeah. no, no, to the back of his heels, and the ball went way over. I mean, but like. 
obviously that's a foul. He got destroyed. And he's turning around, like, complaining to the ref. And the ref looks at him like, I didn't see anything. How about this? Three minutes into the game, Hazard had his first foul, and he was hobbling afterwards. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I I, I called it. I told you exactly what was going to happen last week. These referees really need to – they need to be able to protect these players, these, you know – the the flare dribblers of the world because I mean I know he's theatrical but Neymar gets the crap kicked out of him Messi does too I mean the the elite dribblers all of them Aryan Robin same thing they all get the crap kicked out of them and they get no protection from the referee because they're too scared to give out a card uh, it's, it's it yeah it's, I I I always I'm not looking forward to the once one time a year that we visit St James Park. And boy, am I happy that we are done with it. And we got out with a win. Our first cool. win. Our first win there since 2011, huh? Yeah. Or we, well, we probably have another. Do we have another fixture against them this season? Uh, yeah. Yes, we do. Back at the bridge. Yeah. So, yeah. That, we're not We're not quite We back. can handle them at the bridge. Yeah. Uh, good riddance, St. James Park. So, we are on to the next part. Um, random news. And we're going to actually merge this with the quick fire round, Zach. Ooh. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of news, a little bit of a quick fire question. So um, the people who've listened the past couple of weeks, you know, the rules, the new people, I'm going to give a, a sentence or two just of a topic. And Zach's going to give me a quick answer or his uh, opinion on that. So first one, Marcos Alonso, was that a penalty or not a penalty? Honestly. Uh, as a non-biased Chelsea fan, no, Zach. The logic, the logic is there. I understand that the second leg, um, that that uh, that the trailing leg of uh, who was it that 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 fouled him? Why am I forgetting his name right now? Well, anyway, the Dutch guy. Yeah. Did you did but, you did you see did you think this when you first saw it, or did you have to watch a replay? Um, when I first saw it, well, well. The, the camera angle we had when on on TV was not a very good angle yeah, because there was true. like three or four bodies blocking blocking like the actual tackle. All you could see was Alonzo fall. Um, it, the position he was in, Fabian Shar, that's his name. Yeah. But anyways, um, no, no, I I didn't think it was a penalty right when it happened. I once I saw the first replay, he clearly got the ball first, um, and then his trailing leg went through Alonzo. So. I mean, th- this one's kind of one of those funny ones where it's up for interpretation. I mean, Alonso did an awesome job in selling it. I mean, l- let's give him that. But the leading up to the penalty, also the move was really nice. I mean, we we deserved something in that match. Zach, and, quick fire! Come on, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, is your official like pointer? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So next, 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 uh, next topic. My boy DeAndre Yedlin. Man of the match? Uh, I feel bad dissing a fellow American. <laughs> USA. Um, USA. But yes, what comes around goes around. You got away with the elbow on Giroud. Yeah. Day, so, um, the footballing gods gave us redemption. Don't touch Giroud's face ever again. Um, <laughs> Gaza. Yeah. BD French forehead. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gary Cahill. Apparently in talks for a move away. That's very, very disheartening. Should he stay or should he go? Um, well, I mean, it's obvious. If he wants playing time, he goes. Um, and I think he should stay. Um, I, I, I just think that his he's valuable in a locker room. Um, and, and, and you need an experienced head that's won it all. Um, that's priceless. So um, I would keep Gary Cahill. All right, Zach. I give love, me. I love the man. I love him too. I don't know. So that, that was really sad to read. He just wants to play. The boy just wants the ball. Um, give me one word to describe our performance against Newcastle. I'm gonna go with gritty. Grit. Grit. Yep. Grit is because the word of the week. We still have that ability to win ugly and great teams, championship title winning teams, um, need to have that ability to win ugly matches when things aren't going for them so i think we have that grit like it uh so i added i added another one um zach while you weren't looking so this is one this this one i caught i'm gonna do catching you by surprise 
swap Conte and Jorginho's positions or keep it as is? Ooh, I keep Ooh. it as is. Really? If it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why 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 would you change it? I mean, I just think that we're. I I understand that Conte's world class and Jorginho's not at least not yet. I I I get that hundred percent. But if we're trying to play an attacking style of football, then we need to play our attacking players in their best positions. And Jorginho's best position is a number six. I just feel like maybe it's there's a possibility that we're forcing Conte into position that he ultimately is not at his best either, and. And and when you're comparing a world class player and a non world class player, I'd rather have my world class player playing at his best. You know what I mean? But, but I I, but I still I still think it's too early to to just to make yeah, a exactly. make a change. I just wanted to have your opinion, and I, I and I and it that is a that is a very hot topic right now on the on the message boards and Twitterverse for Chelsea yeah. fans. But I don't know. We'll see. I I I'm I'm on the same side as you. And plus, Ngolo Conte's a sweetheart. Imagine sorry. Imagine how easy that conversation was for sorry. Hey, Angola, we're going to play Jorginho in your position. He's like, okay. Oh, my fine. God, dude. That's so funny because I was literally thinking of – have you seen that Vine where it's like the girl's looking at this beautiful view and then it just shows like this like guy, this dude she's standing with. She's like, hello. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just imagine. You know I what I'm no talking about? what you're talking Are about. Are you serious? This is nonsense. How about how about how about we go to people, Twitter questions? People would know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, if you knew what I was talking about, know you'd know what I was talking about. about. God, just you're not you're not woke enough. Uh, Twitter questions. So let's get into the first one. At Sealoft89, another appearance by Sealoft89. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the lack of depth in the defense. Uh, okay. Especially since Cahill is being frozen out. He also mentions how there's not much behind Christensen. Um, I think it's a coincidence that our deepest position on the field now is considered one of our weakest. Um, if we keep Cahill, I don't think there's a lack of quality at center back whatsoever. Um, I think, you know, between Cahill, Christensen, Louise, and Rudiger – and I mean, e- even Ampadu, dude. That's that's more than enough quality to get us through the season, even with a few injury layoffs. What? what I don't understand what you or Seeloff are saying. You just named five guys who I'd be okay starting, and obviously you're not going to start, you know, all of them every match. No, 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 but no, no, no. But but but. but well, what's the, the lack of depth? What other what other team has got has center backs five deep? I mean, five center backs deep. I mean, yeah, that that's true, but I I don't think like that's it's, our weakness. Yeah, I don't I I I, ju- I I personally don't think we have a lack of depth. I think they're. You don't think I, we have a lack of depth with the fullbacks? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think I I was thinking more about center backs, but you know, if if, if you take fullbacks in consideration. I mean, we're definitely not he, deep enough with the fullbacks. Yeah. I mean, on the left, I feel like we're fine because we have Emerson. But I, I don't, I don't know. Right, I was just thinking. I was just thinking strictly center backs. But I think you're right. Well, I mean, he said lack of depth in the defense. Yeah, C- yeah, C- I know. C-Loft, I they got you. Seeloff, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a dick. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a dick. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it, Marcos Alonso it, it, is amazing. Uh. Dave is amazing, but beyond that, it's it's very very suspect. I mean, I I like Emerson, but he's relatively unproven. Yeah, I mean, he he is unproven in sorry system. That's exactly we, what I mean by suspect. We know we know he's a good we we know he's a good footballer because what we saw from him last year, I mean, he, he was awesome. But um, under sorry system, we haven't seen him. Zapacosta has been completely MIA, um, and. Victor Moses hasn't even been hasn't even played right back into preseason, um, so you know it's this is something. I th- I feel like we're gonna address this in a January window. I just think we're gonna ride it out until January. We'll probably offload Zapacosa and maybe someone else, um, and 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 bring in a quality right back. Um, someone that's sorry, um, is gonna handpick, which is gonna be interesting because again, like I, I love Dave. 
But if we have that competition in the squad, it's always it's always great. Yeah, let's uh next question. At Chelsea Eric, another super fan. I feel like Keppa hasn't had much to do the last three games, but when he is called upon, he has it impressed. Too harsh? Uh can I just quickly say I'm with you. I'm with you, Chelsea Eric. It's not. It's not that I think he's not good. It's just I haven't been impressed yet. I haven't been like, wow, he yeah. was worth that. You know, like I, I, I'm not. I'm not at the point where I'm like, I don't believe in him anymore. I don't have faith in him. I just haven't been impressed yet, and I think that's totally fair to say too. I, I've. I've. I agree. I mean, I. I've said it on the podcast before. Courtois, as much as I hated him, um, he was he was world class, and Ch- Peter Cech was before him, and we've just had this lineage of world class goalkeepers at Chelsea Football Club because we, I mean, we were a team built on defensive solidity. Um, so we as Chelsea fans have been, you know, a little bit spoiled, and I think we also have to give him time. With that being said, I mean, what what is he? Twenty three. He he has potential to be world class. I mean, we won't pay that much for um, a goalkeeper if we didn't think that he had that type of potential, panic buy or not. Um, but you know, just going to this game and in terms of in terms of you know him not being impressive with his shot stopping, you look at that Jocelyn header. Is there really much he could do about that? I mean, is, there's maybe th- maybe three or four goalies in the world that, that that could probably stop that. I mean, difficult angle, difficult speed, uh, practically moving the other way. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't think it, I don't think it was an easy shot to stop. Do you think Loris Karius could have started that? I could have saved that. Loris Karius wouldn't have been within three feet of the ball. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that he's all the way where he got, he got transferred today to like Istanbul. Besiktas. Yeah. But I, this is the part where I'm going to rant some because I wasn't really focusing on Keppa's mistake as much as I was focusing on whatever the hell David Luiz was doing. He he literally just – he stood there, right? Like both feet flat on the floor. I, I, I like I can't – I can't I, – I couldn't process it in real time. It, I still can't. That's funny because that, that was – I got the exact opposite thing. That was the – first thing and the only thing i looked at every time i saw the replay i was like david what are you doing i didn't even like see the actual ball go in the net i only looked at him i had the exact like, i had the exact opposite reaction you know you. and i know if gary cahill was was in david louise's position when that cross came in gary cahill would have dove head first in the jocelyn's boot i mean That's exactly you, what he would have do done. you think he was distracted by the potential foul or he thought that a foul was going to get called when no i i i, I think i don't i, I don't think, give him that i don't give him that benefit of the doubt no 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 here's the thing is like i i i think there was an element of that because david Luiz does switch off and lose focus that's that wouldn't be out of character for him would it you know to, to be distracted by a by a no call he, he does stuff like yeah, that he, yeah he can't yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe if we had a if if we had a more mature center back, because I think I think Christensen's ten times more mature than David Luiz. Um, you know, maybe that situation wouldn't have happened. Christensen is the type of player who plays to the whistle, so I don't think it's I don't think I'm crazy in saying that he would have done better with it. I think you're crazy, Zach. No, I'm just kidding, Thanks, man. I appreciate I'm just it. I totally agree with you. But, but no, no, like, like the thing is, he did it last week also against Arsenal, didn't he? I mean, Obama yeah. came in and, and he literally had a tap in and somehow missed. But yeah. David Luiz flat footed again. It's just hopefully sorry sees it. But but hopefully sorry listens to our podcast. Can we get yeah, someone right. to translate this to Italian for us? Maybe a transcribe or a transcription or something. I don't know. He needs to hear this message. Um, All right. <laughs> He loves his attacking <laughs> football, though, so 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 he'll yeah. never. I mean, he'll oh, always man. put so it's, more it's, attacking it's, player. It's going to be a long season of David Luiz, and uh, I look forward to it. As long as we come out uh, with three points, like we have all three times hey, this season. I love, I love David Luiz. I think he's yeah. great, but I just don't think he's. 
I I don't think he's suited for <laughs> playing in a in you know a pair. I think he needs to be played in a three. Yeah, yeah, Zach. We all we all know how much you love him. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's uh. What shut me out, Sam? <laughs> I just know everything you're saying right now is BS because that's not how you really feel. Um, but anyway. Uh, let's 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 get into the last part of the match. Uh, I mean, of the episode match preview uh, against Bournemouth at Stanford Bridge. Um, Bournemouth is sitting at six in the table with uh, seven points in three matches. A little bit of a surprise. Um, they we've, we've played them four times at home. One, two, lost two, five goals, four, four against. Um, these guys have scored at least two goals every match this season. So this is not an easy win at all right now. This is actually something, you know, in this part of the season where we're still perfect. Um, this could really, you know, start defining where we're going to be placed in the table, you know. Um, so let's get into it, Zach. What do you expect to see from Bournemouth? Um, I think... Uh... You're going to see a team that's very, very organized, um, especially when they're in possession. Um, I know he's been using Eddie – Eddie Howe has been using a 4-4-2 this season um, with Callum Wilson and Josh King playing up top. I mean they – together as a pairing, they're pretty dangerous. Um, they, they they both have that ability to, to shrug off a challenge or two but also run past the defender as well. Um, and Callum Wilson specifically has a knack for scoring really pretty goals. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be a test. And I, I do think that we're going to struggle at times in this match because Bournemouth is great. I, they they actually show up every match to play proper football. They want to play out of the back. They want to spread the ball out wide. They want to sh- they want to move the defense around. Yeah, Eddie Howe has been has been impressive. He has been impressive, and 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 I think uh, I think he's a decent shout possibly for the England job if Southgate goes. But um, no, like you know, just, is he British? Eddie Howe's British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, Bournemouth is a proper proper footballing side now, um, and they have been for a while. And and, and like you said. They're a bogey team. We played them four times at home, um, and we we split both of them, um, or, or, or we split them. So we had two wins and two losses. It, it, who knows? And, and and with how with how prone we are to making simple errors defensively, it could be a worry because now we have to deal with two strikers and a team that's going to look to actually um, to actually hurt us, which is something that we struggled with all season. I mean, Arsenal came out came out to hurt us and uh <laughs> they exploited our gaps and uh and you know um you look at Newcastle um they didn't have very many attacks but one simple error from David Louise but uh a simple error you know now we conceded a goal we we shouldn't have even had a we shouldn't have even walked away with a win that match so you know going back to Bournemouth it's going to be difficult um I'm I I still think we're going to win um, because we will dominate the ball. I mean, that's not a secret, but it's going to be tougher than a lot of people think. Zach, you know, it's pretty crazy. Eddie Howe's been with Bournemouth either as a player or a manager for almost as long as I've, we've been alive. He's yeah, he's, he's been, I mean, besides a two year stint with Portsmouth and uh, one year, one year manager stint with Burnley. He has been on Bournemouth even before he was. He, he he got called up for his senior career in '94, so and he and he spent his youth career there as well. So for longer than we've been alive, he's been a part of Bournemouth. So I mean, he's. I think he's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think I think he, eventually a he was, club and, he's, and he's so him. young. I mean, when he was when he was appointed when he was appointed manager, wasn't he the youngest he was, Premier League manager? Like, or yeah. Uh, in, in in all the football league in the premier league era and all the football right. league and yeah and all of everything um so that was a uh, really cool uh yeah because yeah, they were in, they were in the efl um but yeah that was that's great um what do so you what, what, yeah what, what do you think what, G- like, give me a give me a prediction a score prediction and give me a bold claim while you're at it 
I see us winning this match 3-2. I, I still I think Bournemouth's two goal um streak continues just because I, I know David Luis is gonna start this match. Two Nathan Ake headers. <laughs> yeah, and uh my prediction is we will see two Callums playing at the same time on the oh. pitch. Very nice. Uh, that I was like my that. that was my prediction last week. My bold. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my bold prediction until he actually plays. So so I have a bold <laughs> I have a bold prediction here written on the script that I'm actually not even gonna use. Or actually no no I'm gonna use it. But I'm just gonna make, make two bold predictions. Yeah, make two. So so I have Chelsea. I'll bar I'll borrow your other one because mine was this the same. I have Chelsea three one and um, I think Bournemouth is gonna score the first goal. That's that's my bold prediction. That's my bold slash controversial prediction. And it's going to be so, a quick goal too, probably, so, huh? So, so let's go ahead, Twitter Warriors. Roast me. Roast dare you. Boom, roasted. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, and then your other your other prediction was that Alonzo will keep his streak going and will get directly involved in one goal, right? Yeah. Well, well, no, no, no. I still think that one's true. But, but I, I had, okay. I had uh, this morning for some reason. I just felt like Chelsea were going to go up three nil and then concede a really late goal to Bournemouth. And you just and changed your my, mind. That was my original bold claim. But then I like really started thinking about it and thinking about you know our past games when Bournemouth came to the bridge and how much trouble we had. And I'm like, eh, they're they're a proper team, so they're going to come out and and then really give us a hard time. I well, think they'll score the first goal. I just have a gut feeling. I still think we'll win the match, so it doesn't yeah, fucking matter. You heard it but, here, folks. Yeah. It's facts. It is facts. And it's actually the end of this episode, too. Oh, it's facts. Yeah, that's facts also. So um, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Romans Empire Pod. Um, you can email us, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. We've been having a lot of uh twitter interaction especially uh with the with the usual twitter suspects chelsea eric uh sealoft 89 you know we haven't heard from chris from denmark in a long time so um chris from denmark where are you man you hit us yeah, up. where you at bro let us know how you feel um we miss you we want you back um but anyways um before i get too romantic it's getting late over here um <laughs> keep the blue flag flying high and we'll see you next week <laughs>